The opinions expressed during this program are solely the opinions of the hosts, guests, and callers. They do not necessarily represent the views of the advertisers, management, staff, or ownership of WCTC. You're listening to Wake Up Call with Christina Previtt. Listen here for inspiring stories from people just like you who had their wake-up call to make a bold decision and live their best life. They did it, and so can you. What are you waiting for? I'm your host, Christina Previtt. If we haven't met before, I was a divorce lawyer in New Jersey for 15 years. I'm currently the CEO and co-owner of New Jersey Divorce Solutions, a divorce law firm located in Edison, New Jersey. I love talking to people who have overcome their fears and forged their own path in life. They had a wake-up call to make a radical change. They did it, and so can you. My guest today is Amy Otavinia. Amy is a physical education teacher in the public school system in New Jersey. She's also a level three CrossFit trainer. Amy made the bold decision to have a child. People do that every day, but what made that bold for Amy is that she chose to do it entirely on her own. She's going to share that experience with us today. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'll start out by saying that I know you. I've known you for a few years now. Yep. You met a CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And I at coming to know you over the years, and of course, being nosy and watching you on Facebook, <laughs> I knew that you were single. And since I didn't hear that you were with anybody, and then I heard that you were pregnant, I was like kind of putting two, to two, two and two together and was sort of curious, like, well, hmm. Did Amy meet someone that I don't know about? You know, what happened there? And then I allowed my mind to think, well, wow, did she did she do what I think she did? And so I just asked you because you yeah. were very open about it. Yeah. Well, when you say do what I think I did, did I go to a bar, pick up a guy and just yes. decide? <laughs> That's what no, I, thought. I did yes. not do that. Although I'm not going to say the thought didn't cross my mind. <laughs> it would have been a cheaper process. But no, I did not yeah. do that. Maybe more fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So so that's what I wanted to bring you on about because I love people that have done something to be to sort of out of the box and you know not I always say there's a script for life like you know you graduate high school you go to college you find a nice man or woman you get married you know find a job whatever all that like the white picket fence but I think in the world we live in today a lot of people just aren't doing that anymore so I love to hear the stories about the people who did did their own thing you know didn't worry about what everybody else is doing and I feel like you're such a great example of that oh thank you you're welcome so I wanted to talk to you about that I think this is something that would be of interest to a lot of women out there who maybe haven't found their Mr. Wonderful but they're not going to wait they're not going to wait to have children of their own so I want to talk about that with you today of course thank you so why don't you um, start out by telling us I guess that you you obviously were single Mm -hmm. and when when did it start to become fertile for you excuse the pun that you thought this was viable for you that you were going to do something considered alternative mm-hmm. um well just to preface it i was engaged years ago and i broke off my engagement and um, i just always thought i would meet somebody else and never did and so when i got to the age of about 37 my and 38 my older brother had gotten he was with his girlfriend for a long time, and they decided to have children. And my brother and his wife are the same age. They had a child at 42 and 44. And so seeing that really opened my eyes to say, it's not too late. You know, um, I'm very healthy. I'm into health and fitness that I feel like I can still do this. 
And, you know, after internet dating and internet dating and, you know. Yeah, that could be a show by itself. Oh, my God, I know. Maybe it will be. Um, I got, I think there was one time I just got sick of another guy that, like, lied online or something. And, and um, you know, after seeing my nephews and what my brother went through, I decided to make an appointment with the fertility place. I went to a place called New Hope in the city. And um, we just started the process. This is, I think, when I was 39. So at 37, I really started getting the maternal bug. And I didn't think I had it. I mm. I incredibly said for years, yeah, I want to have children, but I would never do it alone. I yeah, literally I, I said that. I hear that a lot from women. Yeah, I said, I'm not going to do it alone. I'm going to meet somebody. And then we'll see. And then all of a sudden, I saw my brother. And I think that nephew was a piece of me. And it, it really just kicked in of like, I really want to try this. And I've always been a coach. I coached field hockey for years. And I think that instinct of wanting to help people. And I thought, what's like the biggest help you could possibly give? I think raising a child is right up there with anything. And, um, you know, there were a lot of things that led me to this decision. Many, many things. So, I mean, I definitely want to hear about what they are because I know I know so many women that are approaching 40 and we talk and we kind of joke about it, like going on Match.com and Plenty of Fish and, mm-hmm. you know, what what's available out there and who they're meeting and and really that could be another show and it probably will be in the future. <laughs> but I do think at some point, you know, it, is there was there an identifying moment for you where you were just like, you know what, I'm why do I need to wait? Yeah, I said I can date the rest of my life, but I can only have a child for a certain amount of time. I mean, yeah, I guess who was it? Brigitte Nielsen gave birth at 55. Yeah. You know, you could, but ideally I'm already doing it alone. I'm not going to add that much more challenge to it. Like, let me wait till I'm 60. Um, I There were a few things that happened, like having no regrets in life. I didn't want to be 60 years old and say, I wish I had done this. You know, there's we're both big Instagram people. Yes. And we say that, like, you are who you're surrounded with. Well, I really surround my Instagram with positive people with great messages. I think it was a Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, um, yeah, a video him. from him saying, like, Go to a nursing home and talk to a 90-year-old and see if they have regrets. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm going to be in the nursing home sitting there alone with no one around me because I'm not married, I don't have a boyfriend, and I don't have a child. Yeah, and you won't have your child to take care of you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm extra nice to her. Um, But yeah, that was like one of the things. These thoughts start creeping in your head and you see these things over and over and taking chances and... And then, like I said, I think it was one bad dating experience, and it was like, I'm done. You were like, F this. Exactly. I'm allowed to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But did you worry about any kind of stigma? I'm not sure there really is anymore, but did you worry about that? I think I worried about it, but I don't let those things affect me anymore. Like, it's it's really, I think, the the great thing about getting older in life, because I'll tell you, I'm 42. I had my baby when I was 41. And um, you just don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah, I'm not the norm. And like you mentioned earlier, I wanted that white picket fence. I thought I'd meet the man of my dreams in college and, you know, like my sister did and got married young, had all her kids when she was younger, you know, and it just life just didn't happen like that. And what what how did you approach your parents, your family when you told them? Um, how did they I react? spoke with my mom first because my mother is an amazing person. And she just said, I want you to do this because you... You want to care about somebody and help somebody in this world. Like having a child isn't about you. It's about the child. 
It's not like getting a pet. Yeah, even though I I kind of compared it to that. if I if I didn't get pregnant, I was like the next on my list was get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't say that lightly. I mean, because I do think, look, just because you're married and you have the white picket fence and all of that doesn't mean that you're going to be great parents. Not at because all. Because I have seen examples of people who treat their kids like their pets. You know, they're they're an inconvenience, and you know they're just mm-hmm. going to go off on vacation and dump the kid with you know, grandma or the neighbor or whatever. Um, But you obviously recognize what a huge responsibility it was before you did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my mother was fantastic about it. She went with me to the first appointment and went with me for other ones. She was my shoulder to cry on during it because throughout the process, there's a lot of hormones involved. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. So tell us what that's like. So what did you do? You know, um, I would say open the phone book, but nobody does that anymore. Did you just Google, you know, sperm or (laughs) what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) Or did you consider doing the bar thing? Just go pick up a guy in a bar. Oh, my God. The bar thing was like a joke in my head. But for like a like a a hot second, you're like, hmm, would be easier. This would be cheaper and easier. Um, No, you, you make an appointment and the fertility clinic really goes over everything with you. They they are truly amazing. This is like an uncommonly common thing that happens mm-hmm. a lot. And it's not just with me. I know another couple whose wife didn't have any eggs and they had to use a fertility clinic. You know, they had the dad's sperm, but they got a woman, a woman's eggs, you know, a, mm-hmm. an egg donor. Um, and they match these things up so it looks like the mother. Um, really? It's they just incredible get someone blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. My baby daddy was blonde hair with green eyes. Like you see everything. Right now, Alexa is my daughter. Alexa's dad is on a little hard drive. I have. <laughs> wow. So you can do a whole family photo. Exactly. I could be like, insert photo here. Yes. <laughs> um, you could just Photoshop him in. <laughs> but the process is actually grueling. I feel bad for any woman that is going through fertility treatments. It is. It's not fun. Basically, I, I got my eggs out first. So yeah. So you go in. Do they ask you a whole question? All these questions about your medical history and yeah. I mean, the, do they want to make sure you're not crazy? Yes. Yeah, so I know that not the one I went to, but I think RMA does a whole like psych evaluation first. Um, but it just so I happens mean, do they want to make sure you're fit. Yeah, they want to okay. say. So like, it's not like they're just selling this? sperm. Like you know, whoever no. the highest bidder can have it. <laughs> It's not like that. <laughs> I've never done this before. It's not so. an auction for sperm. Yeah. It's not like, oh, Sunday's the day, auction day. Yes. <laughs> um, actually, they recommend, there's all these cryobanks online. And you go on there, and I picked my sperm donor through, you know, you look at all their it's sort pictures. of like Match.com, but Yes, sperm. it's Match.com, but sperm. <laughs> but the only pictures I could see of the baby daddy were baby pictures. They don't show adult pictures. So I could see what he looked like as a baby. And like up to like five years old, I think. Um, okay. So you're looking at all of these. And of course, I was in a Starbucks with my one my one friend came with me and I was like, let's check these out. And you're just looking at all these little kid pictures. You're like, oh, my God, this is creepy. But you know what you're doing it for. So it's yeah. not creepy. But if someone were to walk by and see you just looking at pictures of little kids, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Right. I'm, They're I'm, like, that's I an interesting I'm dating not a pervert, site. I swear. So did you intentionally pass over the ugly ones? <laughs> The ones that look like Count Chocula, I was like, no, I don't think that would be a good match for me. Um, no, I mean, they have whole essays. They have interviews with the guy. They have past medical histories. They all have like a tagline, too. So um, 
you know, like it could be like, like voted most likely to succeed in high school or something like that. Or you were almost like if you've been on dating sites, like you know, yeah. like I love bicycles too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm easygoing. Yeah. That's what everyone says. <laughs> Maybe two percent of them really are. I know it's yeah. Half those taglines aren't true, but yeah, I found a guy that I thought matched up with my personality, and you know, you also look in history, like if it says like. You know, you see if they have allergies to foods and you get to see the shape of their jawline. Like they have mapped all this out because those people like the couple I mentioned that needed an egg donor. Like you want to match things up as close to the wife as possible. So in my situation, I was just looking for someone who seemed honest, hardworking, you know, had features that would be good with me. He was Greek and Irish and I am not Greek and I am very little Irish. So I thought there was a. Good way to know I'm not related to this person. <laughs> yes. Always important. So it was interesting. And what is your through. ethnic background? I am Italian, Russian, German, English, Welsh, like an eighth okay, Irish. Okay, so you're a mutt. I'm a mutt. Okay, yeah. so she's just more mutt. She's just more mutt. And like, mutts are the cutest. Yeah, they <laughs> so are. I think, I think my Greek, daughter's pretty Greek cute. Greek is a good one. <laughs> yeah, I the like Greek was one. interesting. I was like, let's throw some Greek in here. Let's get some feta cheese on that salad. And, yeah. you know, let's see. See what so then, so then you finally pick the one. Yes. Yeah, so and I then had, what do you do? Well, I had my eggs out and they froze them because when, so basically they took 22 eggs out of me and they do But that. you had to take hormones. I had to, to take hormones. That, to, right? Yeah. You have to like release all these eggs. And I have to tell you, I called the doctor on a Saturday morning because I had 22 eggs, which is like a very high number for out someone of the my same, age. Does it come out of the same ovary? Yes. Or they check both. Sorry. Okay. They're in both. And you're on all this medicine to like make you produce more ovaries or more eggs and take your PMS, multiply it by 22. Did you take time off work? No, I did everything straight through. It was like June. It was June when I did it. (laughs) Well, I called. This is like, okay, so (laughs) grumpy. I'd say I was more actually I'm going to scare everybody with a suicidal. I was driving down to work at the gym and I called the doctor saying, I have to get off this medicine. If my car goes into the guardrail right now, I don't care. It was like tears every night. And this is why I feel sorry for anyone going through fertility issues that like you really don't know what any couple is going through. And going through that was awful. He's like, okay, go off the medicine. And I still ended up getting 22 eggs. It was great. But you know, and then your ovaries are a little swollen. It was uncomfortable. I'm trying to work out. And people are like, are you okay? And I don't want to tell them yeah. that I'm in stage one of what I'm doing because you don't want to put it out there until it happens. Yeah. You know, and so I didn't want to tell many people. Only one or two people knew. And, um, you know, so you get the eggs out and they froze my eggs because I told the doctor I was in no condition to pick a sperm donor. I was like, I'm not going to pick a sperm donor while my brain smart. is intact. Yeah, I knew that much because I felt like. I wanted to get this right. This isn't something where you're like at the diner and you're like. You're not picking out a puppy. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh, let me order the lobster here. Oh, it was bad. Like you want to make sure that you you research this and go back and. And, and then how do the they donors. take out the eggs? Did that hurt? Um, you do go under. I was under anesthetic for like, I think, 30 minutes. Okay. And they somehow take them out. There's no incision or anything. They do it with a needle, I think. Or to be honest, I don't know. I don't think it. Maybe it was a needle. But. You were knocked out. I was knocked out. Okay. So I have, who knows what happened. So it didn't hurt. And when it was all over, you didn't have pain. Um, A little bit of pain because your ovaries are a little swollen. Okay. Because they have to house all those eggs that are coming out. So you're, you're a little uncomfortable. And then within two weeks, it goes away. So basically that was in June. I took off of July and said, you know what? I actually took a vacation to Miami with two of my girlfriends and let my brain settle. 
And um, then we tried in August. So I picked my sperm donor and yeah. they combined my eggs and the and sperm. Th- yeah. Th- so this is where, where I, I asked you and I'm <laughs> sure other people want to know, was there a turkey baster involved? <laughs> no, I did IVF. So <laughs> there was no turkey baster. That's kind of like, you know. I mean, I let's... think that is a real thing. It but... is. Like it technically is. They just. I don't know. I think it's cheaper if you do the turkey based. It is. It is. And I know IVF, I I wanted some genetic testing done to make sure that the embryo was was viable, especially because I was a little older. And um, so they basically my baby's like a test tube baby. She and was, then they just wait until it's, I don't know, it's viable, like a, and then they implant yeah, it. Yeah, they make sure that it, like, grows. It's like a seedling. So they combine them, and there were, like, seven. They're like, hey, congrats, you got seven. And the, the horrible thing is that in August, when they put everything together, within five days, they all died. Oh, and, is that, and that's common? Yeah, I think it's very common. I got the news driving on the way to the gym, and I walked in the gym and sobbed on the floor for 30 minutes straight. I was devastated because it was almost like my life plan was destroyed. I was, I didn't think it wouldn't work. Thankfully. Because it's science. uh, Yeah. It's medicine. It's always supposed to work. Yeah. And I'll, I'll admit I was probably a little cocky about, I'm very fit. I'm very healthy. How could this not work? Um, But you don't realize like freezing and thawing of your eggs and the sperm. Like there's so much that has to go on to go right. Yeah. And um, well, even the natural way, even that. Yeah. Even the natural way. So much that has to go right. It's crazy. So I um, sobbed on the floor for 30 minutes and I was devastated because I just didn't imagine it not working. And I guess I actually I said to my friend, I guess I really want a kid. I guess (laughs) so. Yeah. If I hadn't have been upset, what would that have shown me? Um, But we tried it again a month later and two eggs, two embryos survived. Um, and so I had testing done on them, and it turns out that one was not viable, and the other one was. So I was left with my little and Alexa. And that's Alexa. And that's Alexa. It was a girl. And, um, you know, I was like, well, this is meant to be. But I Yeah, would, she she really is like a, a little miracle. A miracle. She's my little miracle. She's and, meant to be. Yeah. And um, I remember, though, being scared so badly on, like, I don't know, the operating table or, you know, you're in like a a fancy gynecologist office in a sense because you're at the the fertility clinic and they're inserting her into your uterine lining. So um, you're awake when they do that? I was awake when they put her in. Yeah. Did did that hurt? No, it's like a little uncomfortable for like, I don't know, 30 seconds. Um, But you don't really feel anything and you just walk out and you're like, I'm pregnant now. Yeah, like, like I don't know. Am I pregnant? I don't know. Um, you have to wait about two weeks, and that's when you get blood work done. And I got the call when I was working at school. It was noon, and I got a call, and I was sitting on the bleacher. And nobody else was around. It was random. My phone rang. They're like, congratulations, you're pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God, this is real. And, wow. And it was like, I think I was crying a few tears of happiness. But it's like, yeah, wow, this is real. Get there. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm very fortunate. It was really like a four month process. But I know women that this takes years. And it's like, I had extra eggs left over. I didn't use them all, so I was able to do it again. Um, and some women, though, if, if nothing happens with any of their eggs, you would have to go through that whole process again. Um, would yeah. you ever do this again? Would you ever give mm. Alexa a sibling? Not on my own. I think that. I, I just need to put my attention towards her. Um, I 
I don't think I have the resources for two alone. <laughs> I'm just trying to be logical. I'm such a yeah. realist in life. But um, it, maybe let's let's say I meet the man of my dreams and he wants to have a child. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it a natural way, you know, or go through it again for that person. But right now I have no plans to. And did insurance cover that? So I got some insurance on the back end. I think these insurance companies, if every woman in the world were to ask in advance, will you cover this? They're going to say no, because it would be too much of a cost to them. So what you have to do is my my fertility clinic kind of put everything in for me out of network. And then I did get some money back, which was very helpful. Very helpful. But you did have to, I had had to to advance a lot of costs. Yeah. 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 Upwards of, you know, over 15,000. Wow. So, so that there was that consideration too. Yeah. I mean, cost is a huge thing. If I had done the IUI, which is the turkey baster, that's um, insurance covers that. But if those don't work after a certain amount, insurance insurance covers the turkey baster. They do if you are infertile. So here's the thing oh, with me. Okay. When you go to do this on your own, I'm not infertile. I My ailment difference. is that I'm not married or I, I don't have a you husband. You don't have the man. I don't you have don't a have man. have the live sperm Exactly, donor. which is I think that I'm hoping insurance companies will change that policy of you only can be infertile to get this covered. You know, and it's it's hmm. just like you know, you want to get an MRI on your knee. You need the doctor to explain why you need the MRI versus I just want to get one. Yeah. And I'm hoping with fertility, there's a little more of a heart aspect in it of, you know, caring and seeing that there's plenty of women out there that need this done. Yeah, I think it comes down to cost, usually with insurance companies. So yeah. do you know anybody else that has done this? Was there any kind of support network that they put you in touch with? Um, I or did think- you find one on your own? I didn't find one, to be honest. I didn't really go looking. I used my family's support. I think that I think groups are great and they can help women. But I just I actually knew two women at two schools that did the same thing. And I, I knew they were there as a resource to me, but I didn't really approach them and ask them 20 different questions. I just saw that they were doing it. And for me, that was enough to say, I can do this. You know, like, wow, look at these women, two women in my you know circle of people I know have done this. And since then, I've had two other women reach out to me asking me about my experience, and they are in the process of doing it. One is pregnant, and one is going to hopefully be getting pregnant very soon. And that, to me, is like the coolest thing ever, because these are random women I've never met in person. That is so awesome. friends of friends, and these friends say to me, do you mind if I give this woman your phone number? And I love that. Like, that's what I love about this process. And with you asking me to do this interview, it was the same thing. Like, I just want to help people. I want to help people and say it's possible. It's doable. So you know what? We really don't need men anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We want them. They're good for some stuff. Oh, that's the good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't have one, you know, there are all of, all of these other things. Wanting and needing. Two totally separate things. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I would still love to meet the man of my dreams. You will. I hope so. What did I see? A great quote. And I know you love quotes like I I do. do. I am quote happy, but it helps. Your faith in the universe has to be higher than your fear of not getting what you want. And I try to think like that every day. Yeah, something will happen. But right now I'm kind of in a sacrificial time in my life. You know, going out and dating isn't when you have a one year old at home is not, not the easiest thing. Well, now you have something else to consider is who's a good fit for her? Like, mm-hmm. who do you want to bring into your life that's going to influence her? 
Yeah. Has that complicated it? Or have you really just not even gone there since uh, since Alexa came I actually the joined a dating website about three months ago, and it was after like two days on it, I was like, what am I doing? Because like, I think I was getting guys from like Wisconsin, and I'm like, this is not right now. This is not a good thing. So you need to have time to date nowadays. Like it's a third well, not really a because third most, job. most people now are just texting each other anyway. I know. But that's what I hear. Well, I, I should say I've been with someone for 10 years, so I'm sort of out of the loop. But I hear. And you know what? I don't think it's much different because I went through that, too. You know, the, the perpetual texting. Oh, Nobody talks on the phone anymore. So but that, like I said, that's another show. Another show for sure. Um, so you're kind, you've kind of put that on hold for now. Yeah. I mean, it's still in the back of my mind. I think that, you know, nighttime sometime, like Alexa goes to bed and I get a little half hour to myself. That's when you're like, oh, it'd be nice to have someone here next to me having a glass of wine with. Well, if anybody's interested in Amy, <laughs> you can reach out to me. I will vet you. Oh. I will make sure that you um, are up to snuff. <laughs> and then and then we'll see. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> Not a vegetarian. <laughs> Mike's red meat. Yes. Ribeye. Always. Uh, more of a layman young girl. Okay. Medium rare. Yeah, medium. Okay. The well. rare is okay, but uh, <laughs> that's a little risky. It's a little risky. So tell me, you you said earlier to me personally before we started the show that you there was, was a little pushback you got or some negativity from a couple of people about this. Um, well, there was, I think, twice my mother had good intentions, but when I would be upset, and because I don't think she realized how much the hormones were affecting me. So I remember like crying on my couch being like, I can't believe I'm in this situation. And, you know, Alexa was here already. No, no. Okay. This is before she was born when my eggs were when I was getting my eggs out. And because you're so emotional, you it's like you just take 15 years of emotions and it all comes out at that time of I'm not married. And, you know, I'm why, alone. Why do I have to do this? I exactly. should just be married. Yes. Like that's. I'm sure every woman that's doing this now has said those things like, why? Why do I have to do it like this? Where the person down the road didn't have to do it like that. And it's and you can't say that stuff. It's not it's not fair. But, you know, doesn't that really just go back to feeling like I'm supposed to do it a certain way? I'm supposed to be married. I'm supposed to, you know, get pregnant right away. The natural way I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that because that's what everybody does. Right. But we're actually kind of lucky now that we don't have to wait for that. And then if that doesn't happen, that you're not stuck, that there is some other alternative. Yeah. Because if this was like the 1950s, you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have done what what you're doing. No, I mean, I don't think they could have done it. I mean, the technology maybe wasn't there, but people just weren't doing that, were they? I, I don't know. I'm sure it's here and there. Like. Or they wouldn't have because they probably would have been ostracized. I mean, back then, <laughs> yeah, like, divorce yeah. was a big stigma. Yeah, or you would have joined the carnival or something. <laughs> you would have been a carnival show. Yeah, like you'd be the traveling carnival people, which is not that there's anything wrong with that, but yes. <laughs> a little Seinfeld reference yes. if anyone doesn't know. Um, but I, I'm so thankful that we have these avenues today. And I just come from a family of strong women that I think yeah. I was going to make this happen. But going back to your mom, was your mom sort of like, well, you're the one who wanted to do this? Was it like that? At one point, I think she might have said this. And it was like, 
Amy, are you sure you're going to be okay? And I'm like, well, yeah. And then another time she's like, I don't think you can afford this. And I like lost it. I was like, oh my God. But you were on hormones then, right? I was on hormones. I mean, that's what I mean. Be careful. If you know any couples out there that are trying to conceive and they're doing this, have a heart. And to like husbands out there, please just hug your wife because it's a grueling process. I mean, I think yeah, a lot of it's grueling for the guys too. Yeah. I think it's more fun for the guys. Like, here's a magazine. Go into this yeah, room. Right. <laughs> like, go have some fun. Um, but I don't think they realize what the woman has to go through. It's a lot. It's a lot, and to go through it alone. I mean, yeah. the number of times yeah. I wish. I think I hug my daughter more than any mom right now because going through the process. I wish I had had someone to just hug. That sounds. I don't know if that sounds crazy to most people, but no, I think we all need hugs. I no think, matter what's yeah, going like on. human touch and human interaction is so important. So I don't think I hugged my mom as much as I did when I was going through the process, and, and I was I, thankful. I, I know they've been a big support network for you too, even oh, since Alexa was born. Yeah, and my father has been tremendous. He has kind of stepped up to the plate hugely, and she runs up to him. And she calls him Pop Pop, but she hears me say dad. So I think she's actually said to my father a few times, dad, dad. Oh, oh God, that is so funny. Well, yeah. it makes sense, though, because she hears you saying Exactly. That. She so, doesn't even know what that means, really. They don't. They they don't. I mean, I kind of have, I have a lot of good male friends, and I'm hoping to expose Alexa to them and just show them this is a man and, and this yes. is like, and when I say man, I don't throw that term around lightly. A responsible man. Um, yes, yes. A responsible, good, good role model man, you know, and that's who I want around her. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is, did, were you ever concerned that she wasn't going to have a dad, which I sort of say in finger quotes, yeah. you know, a, that, that male role model or male figure in her life as she grows up? Uh, yeah, I've I've thought about that. Um, but I think it's it's how you look at anything. If you ingrain in them like, this is just our life. Um, I know two women that are having a baby and they'll probably go through the same thing. I mean, it's so uncommonly common today. It's not just mom and dad. Although I do see anytime someone posts about the daddy daughter dances at school yes. and oh. I've already decided I am going to that dance. You should. <laughs> and I will be your dad that night. Like you, know, you don't need you don't need both. And actually, I've had a lot of divorced couples say things to me of like, you know what? There's a lot you don't have to deal with, which is great. I don't have to deal with somebody else's parenting skills that aren't what I want. I don't have a divorce where they're going to another person and that person is is bad mouthing the mom or the dad. Yeah. And I've I've heard a lot of divorced parents say that all you need is just one parent that loves you and that kid's going to be fine. It's all about love. That was like a common denominator in some study done um, where what was the common denominator in, in like eight different areas of the world? It was love. It wasn't whether you had a huge house. It wasn't whether you slept on a dirt floor. It, you know, it wasn't whether it was hot or cold. Or how educated you yeah. are or what kind of car you're driving. Exactly. It was all love. Yeah. And so my daughter hears I love you every day, multiple times a day, hugs multiple times a day. And hopefully and she's still at that phase where she wants it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I say those things out loud all the time. I think that's great. And I actually was I spent some time thinking about this show the past few days and you know, I I just have to say, I and I, this should be obvious, but if it's not, there's so many families that could be the traditional-looking family, you know, a mom, a dad, and the two kids, but there's no guarantee that they are seeing love in that household. I'm a divorce lawyer, so <laughs> I see examples of that all the time, where they're not seeing love. 
Mm-hmm. And there's no guarantee that if you do things the right way, you know, the traditional way, that you're going to have two loving, involved parents. I mean, we see plenty of single parents, single moms, single dads, who the other parent is just uninvolved and absent and maybe a bad influence. Mm-hmm. You know, a poor example of what a mom or a dad should be. So I just uh, said that to my father yeah. yesterday. I I gave my father a huge hug yesterday and said, thank you so much for being involved in our lives and, and Alexa's. And, and we beat him at the bagel shop all the time. And, you know, he loves when she's there. But I gave him a huge hug to know that he's appreciated. And I said to him, you know, I'd rather her not have a father than have a father that is, you know, a drunk, you know, uh, like out flandering, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just is cursing at home. It's just it's, not yeah. the environment. I mean, I've seen plenty of people that don't even talk to certain parents and they've gone through that. You know, the whole like, you know, the Instagram daddy issues. It's a funny Instagram, yeah. but like I think about Alexis sometimes. I'm like, hmm, are you going to have daddy issues? <laughs> you know, I think but everybody I don't says think that, so. but, I, but I really think I've read a lot of articles about it and... I think it's exactly like you said. If they just have love um, and nurturing, she's going to grow up to be just fine. Yeah, she's going to be fine. She's at the gym with me every Saturday. I have a feeling she's going to know a she's lot gonna of people. She's going to have a great body, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does she have a godfather? She does. So my sister and my brother-in-law are her godparents, and they live in Cincinnati, Ohio. My sister, hugely impressive girl. She's um, president of Procter & Gamble. And she's president of Tampax, actually. Oh, that seems which is fitting. Incredible. And her husband, they both went to Princeton. Her husband played football there, and he's actually the stay-at-home dad. Oh, another non-traditional. Another non-traditional, and um, he's he's incredible. He is has been so caring. They came out to see Alexa for her first birthday, and he went home and said, "We need to go out there more." And they booked another. They're going to come out during Thanksgiving. Like he's incredible. He takes pride in being a stay-at-home dad. And I love that because I've heard so many husbands and my friends be like, oh, I can never stay home with the kids. And it's like, well, why not? Is it because you think it's not a man's job? Yeah, it's not or masculine. It, yeah, but he takes pride. In it. He was kindergarten mom back in the day, president of the PTA. What does it matter, really? It doesn't. It it doesn't. And that's the point. Now, I'll admit I like going back to work. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm the ideal stay-at-home mom, yeah. but the reason it wouldn't be because I think it's not a woman's job to stay home or anything, you know. Um, but he you takes like pride. the adult interaction and feeling engaged and and having yeah. something to do besides be mommy. Yeah, and I think that's good for me because I am at home alone. So for me, it, it's like I need to be a person. I can't just yeah. be talking and like sentence like shortened sentences all yeah day. like you said earlier watching muppet babies oh my god yeah i could name every tune mickey mouse clubhouse yeah i mean they're all in my head but that adult interaction and coming here with you today like this is fantastic yeah like you actually put like big girl clothes on today i did i did my hair nice. for you christina it's straightened <laughs> i have some makeup on you. it's almost like you're on a date I know. <laughs> <laughs> our dating radio show yes so what do you think's next for you hmm Gosh, Alexa's one now, well, right? Yeah, she's thirteen months technically, but I like saying the word one because I don't. I I hate. When do it we with, stop talking in months? I think oh, when sorry. they. It's okay. I think when they get to two, maybe is when you do. But like, I try not to say that to other people. Of like, she's this many months. It's I it's I, it's like it's I've never. I don't have any children. I've never been pregnant. So it's always interesting to me when you talk to someone like, oh, how far along are you? Oh, I'm fourteen weeks, and I'm in my head going. 
how many months is that? <laughs> like, with pregnant women always talk in weeks. So, and then, but then when the baby's born, they do the same thing. So, it's just because it's easier. But I do try to say to other people months because I know that like it's easier to understand. Um, what's next for me? Well, I will say this: anybody doing this, what helped me a ton was I came up with a five-year plan. I think having a five-year plan in life is tremendous. That's what got me through everything. Um, and that was from the moment I started to try to get pregnant. Because um, I said to myself, it, it's such a leap of faith to be like, I'm going to do this. Because you know that your life is going to change drastically. But what I felt like in life was everyone else was on a train going by me and I was just sitting there going nowhere. And that's how I saw my life. I mean, I'm a teacher. I have a pension. I'm probably I'm not going to leave that job. I'm here in New Jersey. Like, I travel when I can. But I saw my life you know, the fear of life not changing was greater than the fear of change. Yeah. Well, um, I always quote a guy that's a personal development coach, and he always says that what we all need in life, it's just a natural progression to have more life, to not just be static and staying in one place, like you said. Yeah. He always says you're either growing or dying. So if you're not growing, you know, not progressing, mm-hmm. then you're sort of going backwards. You know, things are yeah. degrading. That's how I felt. So I mean, that does make sense. Yeah. I have educated myself. I've taken a lot of classes, you know, seminars on weekends. I mean, I've done things to better myself, but I felt like I needed a change in life. And and not even just like at the moment, like 20 years down the road. I saw myself 20 years from now saying, I'm going to be sitting here 20 years from now not having lived. Like lived but not lived. I yeah. think there's a difference. You can either go through the motions of life or you can live your life. So that's why I decided to live my life and do this. Um, so the five-year plan, I said in five years, my daughter's going to be four. That's incredible to think about because I looked back at the past five years and how life, you know, changed a little but was also very similar. And phase- Yeah, what changed, right? It, little yeah, things. Little things, yeah. But for the most part, I was still a teacher, still a trainer, living in the same place. And I'm going, okay, so I, I traveled a little. That was great. But now I want to apply what I've learned on those travels into life. So, you know, the five-year plan got me through pregnancy, which I had a horrible pregnancy. I was throwing up. I was – I had no appetite. I couldn't eat. I had heartburn. It was – name an ailment, I had it during pregnancy. So it, I remember saying that, like, this is just a blip of the five years. And when you say that, you think, okay, I'll be able to look back on this and get through it. It's temporary. It's Yeah, definitely temporary. Um, and so the what only... was the birth experience like? Ooh. Where you must have been scared. Because, or did you go stay maybe with your, your mom or yeah, relatives? I, I lived, I moved back in with my parents for about 11 weeks after the baby was born. And that well, was a godsend. what about before, though? I would have been so scared that I'm going to go into labor in the middle of the night. No. I'm going to be all alone. Well, that's me. I don't know. That's what I would have been thinking. Um, there was a little bit of that, but I think I knew enough women that had gone through it. And I had said to my mom, I'll just drive myself to the hospital. She's like, you're not driving yourself during a contraction. And now that I know what a contraction is, yeah, I would not have driven myself to the hospital. <laughs> I was induced, actually. Okay, um, so it was planned. Yeah, I was on blood thinners because I'd had a blood clot. So that was the other thing. I had to inject my stomach every day of pregnancy. Fun. Yeah, big needles. Wow. It was, like I said, it was a hard process. Um, so, so it was definitely more than getting a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Much more involved. <laughs> yeah, there were no cuddles when you're pregnant. No. You're just super uncomfortable. Um, God bless women who have like three children. I don't know if I could have done this two more times. 
Um, so we get to the hospital and they're inducing me, but it took me 48 hours to get induced, basically. So I was in the hospital for two whole days. People were texting me, what happened? You checked in the hospital Thursday night. It's now Saturday morning. Um, so that was a long process. But when active labor hit, they were like, all right, you're going to push. And I'm like, okay. And I want to say to them, I don't think you know who you're talking to because I love to squat and I love to deadlift. <laughs> so push. Okay. And I do Kegel exercises. Yeah, and in- <laughs> or Kegel. I don't know how you say that. Kegel. Oh. Which reminds me, I should probably do them more. Um, <laughs> good reminder. Everybody, do your kegels right now. Ready, set a 10. Give me a set of 10. Drop and give me 10. Um, <laughs> so I guarantee you're doing one right now, Christina. I am. <laughs> um, How did you know? Within within 15 minutes, I gave birth. I wow. pushed super hard. and the, the Like ner- one push and that's it. It was like, yeah, five pushes. They're like, there's the head. I'm like, what? And my mother was in there. And they're like, they ask you, do you want a mirror? And I'm like, no, because I was looking. They do. Some women are really into that. I have to say, like, it actually is an incredible experience. I understand wanting the mirror, um, but I didn't want to do it. So I had an epidural as well, so I couldn't feel anything. So I'm looking at my mom's face and her eyes are lighting up like fireworks every push. And she's like, oh, my God. So I was looking at my mother's face to cue me of how far along I was. Oh, my God. And they're like, one more push. And I'm like, "Okay," And, you know, that was it. So so one of the other benefits of CrossFit is that you get a super strong vagina. (laughs) (laughs) You were able to push anything out uh, because of CrossFit. Oh, my God. So talk about the CrossFit stuff. You're coaching. Right. Yeah, I was coaching. And when you're I was still pregnant. very involved in that. Has, yeah. What has changed since Alexa came? Like, did you kind of just resume normal activities? Yeah, it was like time out, time on. Like, it, I think last summer I spent a lot of time just in my parents' home. You know, with Alexa not moving. The recovery for me was a little tough, tougher than most. I, my belly had been huge, so I had some diastasis, which is like a separation of your abs. Um, so just I letting know a all guy that who come can back. Fix that. You do. Yeah, plastic surgeon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am just not ready for any more surgery. Maybe in a few years, yes, if I feel like things aren't back to normal, but I'm going to try the natural way through okay. my workouts. Um, not much has changed. I mean, things have changed, but not much. I still am a teacher. I still work at the gym. Um, back in shape, I feel, as best I can right now. I'm only working out about four days a week, oddly. Which people that know me know that's not like me. I used to work out like twice a day. Well, you look great. You look fit. I mean, I wouldn't know that you had a baby. Thank you. Um, Just trying. But I've had to like tone down my mental um, state of working out. You know, working out was always made me feel good. And now there's plenty of days I don't work out and I have to be okay with that. Because I need the energy. Oh, like the pressure that you put on yourself to work out. Yeah. um, I think all us women do that. Yeah. And especially as a trainer, you know, I want to look the part. I don't. You know, nobody wants to go to a trainer that's not in shape. No, they it's don't. It's not really a great recommendation. So, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm you're, always trying. You're your own advertisement. Yes. However, I'm not – I really haven't been dieting I, as much as I normally used to. I had about three bagels last week. <laughs> well, you know, I had somebody on a, a few weeks ago that um, – Maria, who's a uh, fat – Fat loss and fitness coach. You yeah, know, your co- you yeah, your coach. It was great. Um, and one of the things she really emphasizes is not starving yourself. Your body needs food. You mm-hmm. know, eating and carbs aren't the enemy. Not at all. I'm a big advocate of carbs. I love carbs. I think they are what fuel us tremendously. I do. 
And you know what? I don't want to ever not eat carbs. I don't no, want to. I, I don't want to lose the ability to eat them. I'll put it that way. Well, now again, if, you're if, an example to your daughter too. You want to teach her good eating habits, and yeah, I, I think that I think that certain diets have a certain place and a certain time. I think they can heal. You know, like you know, the keto, for example, the keto diet was invented to, you know, help people with seizures, and they find that that helps. So secondary is probably a fat loss tool, but I I don't really have a history of seizures. So for me, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go down that route. Um, but yeah, I think but I, I think the biggest thing today is a lot of people's bodies are broken under the skin. They're broken. It doesn't matter what diet you do. It's probably not going to work because your body's broken. It's not capable of digesting the foods that we have, no matter what you do. Oh, that's interesting. That's just my theory because I see too many people. I see too many diets work on some people and not on others. And I well, know everybody's most of their different. histories. Everybody's different. But, you know, someone with a history of type 2 diabetes, like, yeah, I think that carbs would be an issue. And, and yeah, we have to watch what we eat with it. But someone who's never had a problem, I wouldn't just say, go ahead. Yeah, stop eating them. I, I don't think that's a great thing to do. So are you a coach? Do you do private coaching? Um, it's something I want to do in the future. Um Working at the gym is great, and I love that, but I would love to just help as many people as possible. Well, I would love to have you on to talk about that stuff because that never that subject never gets old. It never does. Oh, my gosh. With everything out there, how do we have so many diets, yet our society is, what are we, 60% Everyone's fat, but everybody's obese? on a diet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've, I've experienced that myself, just always on some diet. And I have friends who they'll do keto or they'll do a cleanse or they're on this diet or that diet. And it's like, but you never lose weight. You're always the same, but you're always on a diet. How can this be? What's going on? Yeah, something we need a different term for it. Like for me, it's all about health right now. I actually went off of my thyroid medicine that I was on for about 10 years. I went off it because I didn't eat it. I had my thyroid level checked and um, doing amazing. And I think it's because I've been really working on healing my body versus making it look a certain way. Yeah, I think that's key because we all do that. I think as you get older, though, you can allow yourself to focus a little less on that, mm-hmm. right? I, I think as uh, yeah. women, um, well, I guess, you know, men worry about it too, but they're always trying to get bigger. Yeah, men want to get bigger or women want to get smaller. Oh, I know plenty of guys. I can't say to them, like, you look thin. They'll freak out. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have some trainer friends. I cannot say that to them. Well, I was at the gym one day and I was noticing all these guys, um, they have these enormous arms, not one leg machine was being used. <laughs> Not one. And I and I don't don't ask me how I noticed this, but I just happened to notice it. And I'm like, look at there's like 10 dudes here working on their biceps. And they're they're enormous. Like they're kind of ridiculous looking, really. Yeah. And they don't look large on the bottom. And that's it. That's an odd statement. <laughs> they're not large from well, the, the way down. Out. They're really not big. They're, I didn't check everything out, but. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I completely know what you're talking about. And I know this is a joke amongst men, too. Yeah. But and then I sort of was thinking maybe you can answer this question that can can they can you only get so large on your legs? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. I think genetics plays a role in like 
size of some of that. But no, you could definitely work your legs, I think, to make them a little bigger, especially as a man. They have a lot more testosterone. So the growth can happen. We don't have as much testosterone as a male, which is why I always want to tell females that don't want to lift. Like, you're not going to worry about it. Yeah, you're not going to accidentally end up on the cover of Muscle and Fitness from doing a few squats in my phys ed class. You know, like girls, that 10 pound weight is not going to make you any bigger. It's not going to change your body. Yeah. It's not the weight making you bigger, it's the cupcakes. So, (laughs) yes, I had that experience. I went to CrossFit. I really didn't change my, this was years ago. I didn't really change my diet much. And I was getting muscle and I just looked larger. And I was just like, oh, this damn CrossFit, it's not doing anything. (laughs) But then I realized later, it's like, no, it's your diet, girlfriend. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's diet inflammation. I mean, when I was competing, I was definitely bigger than I am now. But I I don't even know if it was muscular size. It was just like an inflammation in my body that, you know, working out is good because it literally you're breaking down muscle and then you have to rebuild it. But if you don't work on rebuilding and getting the proper nutrition, you're just going to be an inflamed mess. And that's what I feel like I did to my body for a long time. You know, you can't outwork a bad diet, but I was just an inflamed mess. And now I feel like working out four days a week right now is is where I'm at. And I feel good that on my off days, I'm not relaxing on the couch all day saying, I just need a break. Like, no, I have energy. Yeah. And it that, does make that a difference. Huge. I've experienced that myself. Yeah. Um, so you would do nutrition coaching too? Yeah. I would think I would tie it all together. Um and just help out whether it's to help out teachers at work. I mean, we have great facilities at work, and I'd love to see more teachers, you know, work on that before after school. I get with kids, it's hard, you know, if you're rushing out of the building. But there's many times where I think you could stay after and and give them a great routine. And I could see them like every now and then, not every day, but almost like a remote coaching, but see them once or twice a month. Um, I was helping out two women at the end of the year coming up with some programming for them we didn't have time to get into diet because we were just kind of testing the waters but i think that would be for teachers especially teachers are so focused on what they have to teach there's no time to research anything else and that's with most people in life well it's not their thing it's not what they do exactly so let the people that have that have taken these these classes and seminars and and i kind of like to come up with my own thing i pick from so many different people to come up with my own ideas Versus just going by what one person says. I think it's research from multiple people. Yeah. Well, I think you have to see what works for you Mm -hmm. because everybody's body is different. Everybody's body is different. Their time frame, how much, you know, how much can they work out? How can they not? You know, people say, should I work legs and tries and this and that? And it's like, well, are you at the gym for three hours every day? Then, yeah, I guess you can. But if I have four days a week to work out, I pretty much do a full body workout every time I'm at the gym. I do CrossFit right now and. A little bit of side exercises, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have you come on one day just to talk about all that stuff. Oh, I'd love it. I, I get so overwhelmed with that. Um, you know, what should I do? How often should I do it? Um, you know, what, what exercises exercises should I, do, I be doing? How, ma- how much should I lift? What should I be eating? What should I eat before yeah. I go to the gym? Yeah. What should I eat after I go to the gym? And then after a while, you're like, screw it. And you just like, you know. Go get an ice cream cone. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, but it is a little bit um, overwhelming. So we we have about five minutes left, and okay. I sort of like to end my shows with a Proust questionnaire. Okay. I know you know what it is because you heard it on the last show, and I'm just sort of I'm just picking these out of the air. So okay. Um, okay. So what is your favorite virtue? Hmm. Honesty. I'm an honesty person. Um, I'll tell you why. I hate when I have. Like when I'm teaching and I see a kid do something that they shouldn't do and I say, did you do that? And they say, no. 
to me, that like cuts to my bone. You How can, smack them. Yeah. Like. But you don't. Of I don't. I politely say, now, Johnny. <laughs> and what grade no, are you teaching? High school. Okay. I teach mo- a lot of seniors in high school, which is, I think, great. I love them because you find out so many interesting things about them. Um, but it's also such a learning time for them. And if you can get through to one one person, to me, it's worth it. You know, as frustrated as you get, if you can get through to one, it's worth it. But yeah. honesty, I think that honesty of like, just admit you did this and and we'll get by it. It's not you as a person. It's your behavior. So honesty is big. And honesty also, like when I'm dating and I meet a guy, I want him to tell me something honest. Don't tell me what I what you think the persona should be. Be honest. Do you like Lord of the Rings? Did you read the trilogy? <laughs> like, I think that's adorable. Like, do you good. like Beyonce or not? Yes. Like, did you do you know the single lady stance? You know, like, tell me these honest things, not the whole like, I have to be cool. I can't say this. Like, just be like, yeah. honest. I love that. I agree with that 100%. I, I can't stand liars. I And I don't understand, I guess, because I don't do it. I mean, maybe we fib a little like, oh, yes, I love your hair. It looks beautiful today because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But about bigger things, like, I don't yeah. don't lie because we can't get past that. You yep. know, if, if you're not, we can't really communicate with each other if you're not telling me the truth. And I think that's true of friends, too. Yeah. There's the, also the perpetual exaggerators. Oh, yeah, like, the big fish stories. Uh, yeah, yeah, like this was, you know, I was going to say something like, this is five inches. No, it's 10. Like, okay, I don't, I'm not even talking about that. Clean, you said fish, clean, and I was thinking that. Keep it clean, Amy, okay. Um, okay, so uh, what's your favorite Muppet? Hmm. I asked I asked Maria that. She didn't yeah. know what a Muppet was. I'm probably like Miss Piggy, and I'll tell you why. Because she's very, um, like, she wants her cake, and she wants it now. And my parents make fun of me. They joke around with me about being like, I want to go to the mall and I want to go right now. So get your stuff. Let's go. And I'm I'm a little like that. And I wish it's good and bad. Sometimes I'm not like that enough in certain aspects. Like if I this is probably my relationship downfall is I probably don't voice what I want enough. I'm very understanding and I'll switch my schedule and I'll do this for the other person that I like versus saying, no, this is what I want. This is what I need. Yeah. And it's funny. I can do that with people that I probably don't know well. But when it comes to like that closeness with somebody. I think maybe you're less worried about what they think. I I think we try to please everybody. Yeah. I'm definitely a people pleaser at times. Absolutely. I think we all do that. Yeah. Well, we were actually just talking in the car on the way here that which seemed a bit schizophrenic, but you were saying how you should say yes to things to be of service to someone. You know, yes. if someone needs something and they ask a favor, say yes to be of service to them, to kind of take it to be less self-centered. But then at the same time, I was bringing up that you also have to be able to say no, because mm-hmm. sometimes that's a huge problem is that we don't say no to things. Yep. And I like to say, I learned this a long time ago and I bring it up. I remind myself often no is a complete, complete sentence. Right. So good. Just, I'm going to remember that. Don't have to offer anyone an explanation. Um, so I think maybe we could squeeze in one more. What's okay. your, what is your idea of misery? Ooh, not changing from what I know now, not changing. The only constant in life is change. That And that's like such an oxymoron of a sentence. But I love that statement. That is rung true for me. The I, only I constant true. in life is change. And if you're not willing to change or adapt, look at our society. Look how far we've come, whether it's social media, like, you know, Instagram, just how we communicate. You have to be willing to change. And I'm guilty of it in some aspects, but I'm really trying to 
be more outgoing and, and, you know, excited about change at times. I like change. That that would be misery. Like I said, misery would me be me the same not having my day. child and looking back when I was 60 and, and having a regret and not changing. No, I agree with you 100%. And there are people that have difficulty with that. Um, I'd love to go through all of them with you, but we don't have time. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you. Sharing this, this great experience. By. Yeah, thank you. It. And if anybody wants to reach out to me about this, like if they're interested, they can uh, reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram's Amy Otter13. Um, and look me up. And I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about this. Thank you guys for listening to Wake Up Call with Christina Previtt. See you next time. <laughs> 